All right, I'm recording. I'm gonna hope there's not like too much sound here. Oh well, fuck but, it. Uh, fuck it. I'm recording as well. Fuck it. Um, and I just turned my AC on, so now we're going. Yeah, buddy. What is up, everybody? This is episode 22 of Modern Guilt. We are chilling on a uh, on a Wednesday afternoon. Damon is in Dunedin, in the south of New Zealand. I am still in Brisbane, and here we are. Uh, Damon. Damon is not coming to uh, Dunedin. But I'm here, if any of our listeners are here, which they're not, because I know where you all are. Mm. But um, shout out to Dunedin. This place is fucking awesome. Uh, real punk scene here, eh? Just fucking, it's really cool, man. It's not many, not many places I've been to where I walk in and I'm like, yeah, this is this is sick. I always wrote Dunedin off as just kind of like a place that fuck what's going drink, <laughs> set fire shit, you know. And it's just like a shitty place to live. Mm. But um, no, I was I was wrong. No, I um, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Dunedin. Like I've only been once, but since then I've remembered it fondly. I had like an absolutely depraved few days there. So like my uh, experiences there don't really sort of support my thesis, but um, it, I thought it seemed like a really cool city. Um, yeah. And it it's super small, right? Yeah, it is. Well, I thought, I don't know why, but I kind of thought that it was like four streets. Like right, just, yeah, you know, like definitely just some shitty New Zealand Bigger town. than that. But. Yeah, it's fucking, to me, I'm like, wow, it's actually pretty reasonably big. Like, there's um, like, you know, there's got to be quite a few people that live here. 134,000. Mm. That is saying that? that is way smaller than I thought. Uh, that's just from Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, but Might be fake news. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, um, speaking of fake news, uh, Damon made Modern Guilt an account on Parler today, like the um, sort of... Twitter alternative that is running on the uh, complete free speech platform. So if any of you incels are uh, <laughs> alt-right enough and you feel that you've been censored and you made yourself a parlor account, then um, you can come and follow us or uh, throw some shade. Um, yeah, or just come and harass Australia One Nation with us. Um, they're not allowed on Twitter as far as I'm aware. And uh, we can... We can uh, abuse them online together. That's fucking trippy. I one. that I didn't realize One Nation had been banned from Twitter. Hey, but it makes sense. Uh, I'm I'm just lying. Don't don't. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true. I'm just like <laughs> they were on there like screaming about like oppression or some shit, and it was just like oh fuck, here we go. Yeah, true. Yeah, like... Um, I thought. It might be worth giving mention to uh, Dan Gold or Gold, um, who hit us up on Instagram with a really good um, recommendation for a topic uh, for a future episode. Um, he suggested that we like do a deep dive into Double Think from like George Orwell, um, and just Dan. I think we're going to do that next episode. Um, we had a guest planned for yesterday. Who completely flaked like we had the time locked in everything send him the link to the video chat damon and i had our cute little heads in the squares just waiting getting all ramped up and old mate didn't drop in um so we've kind of had to just like turn around at short notice and 
read up on uh, Hillsong Church to do an episode for today because double think requires a bit to a bit more research than what we've done for this one because um, that's like mm. a a colossal fucking uh, snack pack undertaking yeah snack it pack. is a colossal undertaking so we want to do it justice so we're going to do that next week um, but yeah so how did we even come up with Hillsong Church as a subject um, <clears throat> so shout out to other anonymous long-time listener um, oh right yes <laughs> uh, who's been harassing us to do some fucking hill song shit but um i kind of like blew it off at first and then i was like oh yeah nah sick there's there's like quite a lot to talk about with hill song so it's pretty you know it's pretty interesting shit um so that's how it all happened um also just and plus like fuck i'm just sick of like talking about the elections you know like we could dive into that but it's just no nobody wants to hear it yeah no i don't want to hear it you don't want to hear it nobody else wants to hear it it is about time we do yeah. some more like esoteric shit you know some fucking uh left of field whack apocalypse shelter level uh <laughs> episodes so um yeah um you said you were reading into like justin bieber and justin lentz right i mean <laughs> carl uh, lentz rather not justin fucking lentz yeah carl lentz yeah, yeah um yeah okay so i guess kicking off on that um <clears throat> so as i said longtime listener sent us this story on carl lentz um who's a famous hillsong pastor um who's basically he's he's like a i don't know like how do you even characterize him i guess like a fucking hillsong chad or something like <laughs> hillsong chad justin bieber and he's like <laughs> He's like really famous and ripped and he, he looks like one of those like um, overtly happy and optimistic, obnoxious church dudes, you know, who's just like wears um, fucking like tees with gothic church writing on them. Yeah. And it says just fucking bullshit on it. Like, you know, dude, it's love thy neighbor. It's crazy. Some of the celebrities he's like um, taken photos with and hung out with and shit and posted on Instagram like fucking drake and oprah and kevin durant um yeah he's like full influencer level i don't know like he's almost a celebrity onto his own right um yeah and i learned apparently baptized justin bieber in the bathroom of this nba player like oh. having some weird oh, like a uh, love party with it <laughs> yeah i just uh i just <laughs> i don't like people that look like this i'm just gonna say it. i'm fucking said it it's out there i don't like them man i don't like guys that have that fucking look on their face of like moral superiority and um also arrogance and and like trying to convey some sort of you know message of uh enlightenment it, it just screams like red flag to me yeah right, if, if you're gonna say one thing about his appearance i think it's fair to say he does fucking look smug <laughs> yeah he's the sort of guy who'd like come up to you you know and just be like hey hayden been noticing you've been feeling down lately bro just want to let you know that i'm here for you and then walk <laughs> off and never fucking hear from him again you know he's that cunt fuck that guy no nah, he does look like a fucking creeper yeah anyway so the story um <laughs> so this motherfucker uh basically was doing his morality bullshit you know being um king of the fucking church and whatever uh promoting his like 
family all on Instagram and, and all that sort of stuff and, and just sort of, I don't know, living the fucking church dream of um, lording his moral superiority over everyone else. And there's just been this big break lately that he has been cheating on his wife um, with some, like, influencer that he had picked up in a park. That's another one Whoa. that was, like, I was kind of like impressed at and, and i know it's kind of lame to find that sort of interesting but um apparently he approached this girl in a park uh and told her that he was like a sports agent um, what <laughs> i know <laughs> so he just lied about who he was to sleep with some woman yeah and he like wouldn't reveal her last his last name and shit what um <laughs> so he basically like led this chick on that he's a sports agent and she got real sus about it and then fucking googled him and found out who he was um and tried to leave and then he kept pursuing her back and and it just kind of turned into a whole thing so i i think she broke the story or someone broke the story and basically it was found out that he um was a total shyster uh and got fired um from hillsong for moral failings yeah which is funny because of the track record which we will get into can i ask you then i know that you haven't done a a phd on this so (laughs) it's okay if you can't answer the question maybe we can just get some tech support but so (laughs) he didn't actually cheat on his wife is that what you're saying he intended to cheat on his wife he fucking diddled her yeah he so hang on uh, okay then let me let me get it straight so he approached a girl in a park, said he was a sports agent, as if that was meant to impress her. Then she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and then she Googled his name and found out that he was Carl Lentz and then was like, okay, now I'm going to oh, fuck no, no, you. no, no, Google, like somehow, fuck it, like, I don't know, reverse image search, whatever. Found out who he was, basically. And then decided to have sex with him. No, they were fucking before. So Right. Yeah. He had that sport agent game, reeled her in on that, and then... Uh, just fucking went for it, I guess. Oh, right. And had this big affair, and she was kind of like, oh, who is this guy? You know, because he's throwing money around. And yeah, stuff. yeah. See, I... Google them. I thought you were yeah. saying this whole process happened in the park. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, they're no, having no, one no, conversation, no. just like, who are you? No. Blah, blah, blah. What? I don't believe you. Let's have sex. Yeah. Um, But, okay, that, yeah. that makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, basically, she found out who he was, um, broke the story. He got fired from Hillsong from moral failings, and now he's like, kind of like, you know, having a bit of a disastrous affair. Um, but you know, fuck, fuck him, basically. Yeah, he's yeah, a he's dickhead. a gross motherfucker. Um, yeah, but it's interesting because this sort of leads into this something that I've gleaned from reading about Hillsong and. To be fair, like I've probably only done maybe sort of three or four hours of reading and watching videos on Hillsong. So, you know, if we've got any Hillsong listeners and you don't like what we're saying, then please come and correct me. You know, like I'm I'm open to uh, to critique uh, and analysis here. But um, it seems to me, man, that the main teaching of Hillsong is basically just like get money, I'm going to get mine. Sort of like... <laughs> um, yeah. It's basically just like go forth and indulge yourself because like that is the ultimate way to uh, pay respect to God for the opportunities you've been given. As in like it's it's contrary to Christianity in 
their beliefs if you don't just like live impulsively and do what you want? Yeah, well, it's steeped in capitalistic greed, man. And it's very obvious that, that, that that's the case as well. Um, you know, what's interesting is there's a few of these sort of like really high energy, uh, youth oriented rave type churches that have popped up. Yeah, right. All over the show. Very, uh, back 2014, um, when I was living in Wellington, I met a guy that was involved in one of them called Rise. It's like the New Zealand branch. Oh, it's not a New Zealand branch of Hillsong, but it's like a very similar church to Hillsong. Yeah. Um, and he was like the same kind of guy as Carl Wentz, like real fucking up and, you know, uh, full of energy and like a total fuckwit. And it was just kind of like, always like, Hey demon, you know, Oh, isn't it such a nice day? Another God gifted day for us. He's just like a real cunt. Um, his, <laughs> he was like obsessed with the idea that, uh, uh, what, has been the most fundamental force because i was studying economics at the time mm -hmm. um and his he did his whole fucking thesis on like the fundamental force behind growth is the protestant work ethic uh like so basically i know right? it's like <laughs> very racist but um yeah so <laughs> it was a cunt anyway this this whole fucking arise thing was really similar in the sense that they throw these like massive fucking um parties man like really incredible you know really high production value really good bands that they get along um and, and it just seems to be like steeped in these like larger than life characters coming out um you know doing like amazing sermons filled with uh all this like uplifting dialogue and everything um, you know, it's the sort of thing where like you go along and like some fucking dude comes out. It's like, if you were lost, don't worry about it. Cause you're found now found within a raise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. Like continuing on, on like the sort of capitalism tangent, I, it seemed their whole production company, man, like they, they have like a, uh industry grade like recording studios and shit at their like community center in sydney um like their albums have gone like double platinum in the united states um mm. and i'm watching videos of them performing this this music it's they honestly look like they could put as much money into their live performances as the grammys do they got like mm. flames and fucking lighting and props on the stage and all this epic shit like it's fucking pretty mind-boggling um mm. and i came across this really interesting quote um relating to capitalism while i was reading um this article by lek blaine on the monthly big shout out to lek lech maybe that's how you pronounce the name um that's the one that i mentioned to you before we started recording um and we'll share this episode i mean rather this article in the show notes because it's a banger um so this quote um, is from a guy called Alex Hawke, who was a really close uh, friend and colleague of Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, leading up to um, his recent election uh, in 2018. Or 2019 was his election, actually, maybe. No, I can't even remember now. But um, so this guy, Alex Hawke, um, said, the two greatest forces for good in human history are capitalism and Christianity. And when they are blended, it's a very powerful duo, um, which is a pretty mind-bogglingly grim statement, hey? Yeah, man, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> when you combine, like, um, you know, like imperialistic rules 
and uh, unfettered greed. Like, you have the ultimate machine to both oppress and, like, um, you know, capitalize at the same time. You know, like, you can't do X, Y, Z, or this isn't Christian. It's kind of like the dialogue of the new left. You know, the new left is, like, um, cracking down on things they don't like by calling them Nazis and racists. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas this is, like, old school, like, oh, that's ungodly. Uh, Yeah, yeah, true. There's, like, a catch-all statement that doesn't need to be explained. Mm. That's that's... Excusing my, like, occasional burping (laughs) fucking KFC and beer. KFC and beer. That'd be the gnarliest burp as well. Um, oh, dude, it's so you could have just, it's just like not um, dying hormone. You could have just not said anything, shit. and I could have edited out each burp. It would have been fine. Now you're no, like the it. fucking burping troll on the podcast that everyone's gonna know. <laughs> it's ASMR. There'll be someone who's just wanking <laughs> to this. Eh? Yeah, and to you. True. Shout out to you. Do you reckon <laughs> um, you are? Do you reckon there has been anybody masturbate to the podcast so far? Well, I kind of hope so. Um, that is why I got into this. So, you know, if, <laughs> if no one has, then I'll be a little disappointed. I mean, I'm sure someone has this on in the background while they're, like, browsing Pornhub or something, you know. Mm. That'd be a pretty um, enriching afternoon. <laughs> if you, like, listening to MG while just browsing Pornhub, reflecting on your life. Um, <laughs> Having a little wank, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is the best of both worlds, eh? Because you, you get to learn and you get to enjoy yourself. So it's like having <laughs> a cake and eating it too. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's true, actually. that's yeah. We should remember that as a, a potential sort of like marketing catchphrase going forward for the podcast. Um, <laughs> Sick. But so how, how much money do you reckon Hillsong made in Australia in 2016? Whoa. It was a nine-figure sum, right? Yeah, yeah. I know what it is. Yeah. I'm asking you to guess. Okay, okay. Well, I I remember seeing it, but I'm going to throw 100 mil at you just because I can't remember where it was. Yeah, so. yeah. So it was like $130 million untaxed as well, um, yeah. which is fucking mind-blowing. Um, yeah. I saw a breakdown of how some of that money is spent, and I'm not going to be able to remember the figures off the top of my head, but something like... Um, 16% of the budget went to community outreach. Um, another like 16 or 17% went into production, like media production. So like running their record labels, producing albums for like their Hillsong um, hit artists who top the Christian charts in the United States yearly. Um, and then 37% of that budget um, went towards paying pastors. So 37% of 130 mil is probably around like 35 mil no that's a total underestimation sorry um like 45 mil or something um wait 30 of 130 36 no, dude, 36 percent of 130 that. is probably oh, wait, around 45 it? mil <laughs> <laughs> i'm a fucking retard i have a calc <laughs> i got a calculator on my phone right here <laughs> This is a new feature on uh, the iPhone SE 2, by the way, the uh, calculator. Um, it, it wasn't there before? I don't know. I'm sure it was. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> okay. So 37% of $130 million is 48.1 mil. Um, and that is the amount that they use to pay their pastors in Australia. That's 
fucking mental. That's so Carl Lentz would have been rolling in cash. You know, it's the worst deal that he made. Like, if you're a slash or you know a fucking insert big name um sort of uh performer, yeah, whoever, Lord, who we both <laughs> who we know, both know smoked some crack in 2013. Yeah, yeah, um, that's gonna be a whole another fucking episode, but uh, <laughs> um. If you're if you're a big name, you at least can fucking fuck up. Like you, the the problem with like making bank and being a Christian is you're held to this ridiculous moral standard that they obviously can't uphold. And we'll get into that soon. You know, so Carl Lentz is meant to be like the fucking taster of um the fact that there's like there's something rotten in Hillsong. Um but it gets much worse, you know, as we'll find out. But it just, it doesn't really seem like a good deal to me. It's, it's like one of those things where imagine it, it, it's like just being able to like taste the icing and not have the fucking cake, you know, or, or like just, you know, not, not being able to fully get it, but it must be like 20 times fucking worse than that. Well, I guess you that's know? because like, ultimately he's probably talentless, right? Like they're getting a shit deal because they're shitty people. Um, and yeah. <laughs> when I say a shit deal, obviously they're making a lot of money. They earn influence and notoriety and recognizability and all of that a lot of the things that people think that they want but um like they're doing it on the back of dishonest motives right it Mm. like if you're uh uh, an artist like you referred to earlier or an actor or like a business person like at least you're providing something of value right like so it shouldn't come as a surprise that when you like when you aim low (laughs) when like your shtick actually isn't offering someone anything that you do get the shitty deal and it's kind of it it kind of makes sense like it's kind of like if you spent your uh and i yes i am going to draw this analogy here by the way if you spent (laughs) like 20 decades of your lives robbing houses and you got rich off it and then you're just like oh man now i'm fucking paranoid that like someone that i've robbed is gonna like come and get me every day um yeah you just live under the sword of uh Damocles, whatever. The sword of de- whatever. The sword of Damocles. Sucks like I don't. <laughs> what is that? I'm curious. I'm not just fucking with it's you. Like um, a, I think it's like a Greek myth um, where there's this king that takes the throne, but there's a sword hanging by hair, always positioned above his head. Oh, right. So it's like the 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 fear of you know you always live with the fear of retribution uh, of some sort. Yeah. 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 Right. That's really interesting. Um, I, I appreciate your surprisingly thorough knowledge of Greek and Roman mythology. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. <clears throat> How do you learn about most of these? Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was just really fucking into it from like 12 to 14. Yeah, right. I just was obsessed with like Roman history um, and Greek history. So I kind of like learned a bunch of that. And then now I just, you know, sort of spit it out when you're trying to flex. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm happy for you. Um, so the reason that I drew the analogy between uh, robbing and working as a Hillsong pastor is that the church recommends that as a starting point, um, you should donate ten percent of your pay weekly yeah. to the fucking church, which is like a mind-boggling amount. Um, well, I'd like to put in a caveat there. That's pretty normal. Tithing is like meant to be ten percent, I think, of your income. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. That's hmm. 
I'm going to, I actually want to clarify this. Not that I don't believe you, but I just want to make sure um, because this, whether or not this is truth will like impact the yeah, rest well, of what I, I say. I'm so um, Historically wrong on a number of counts. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not trying to catch you out. Um, I'm just trying to inform myself, you know, because um, that this might change my um, whole perception of Hillsong. <laughs> Well, no, dude, like, don't let it, because um, the point is, is, like, you donate 10% of you. So, because I worked with a bunch of Christians last year, um, and I, you know, uh, got my feet wet going to a few churches. Did you really? Um, The 10% doesn't necessarily need to go all to the church. Uh, It kind of, like, the 10% can go to, like, various charities or whatever. Um, As far as my understanding of it, it was just, like, Part of your income should go giving back to a community of some kind. Yeah. Um, as far as I understand, Hillsong's kind of like more on the whole, like, give us all your 10%. Mm. You know? They have an app as well that you can set up on your phone to just, like, pay them directly, which is pretty fucking <laughs> gnarly. Eh? Pay-per-view fucking Jesus can. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I can't even... I can't even imagine giving away that much of my money, um, which I guess like speaks to the fact that the Hillsong is so hypnotic and intoxicating to a lot of people. Um, I've always found the concept of speaking in tongues really fucking fascinating, right? And I've heard speak, people speak in tongues twice and both times it's been really fascinating and I've loved hearing it, but I don't know whether or not it was like the authentic church tongue that I want to hear. Um, in this article I read, they were talking about people at um, a Hillsong conference in Brisbane and Mount Gravatt actually, where they have a massive church, um, just like losing their, their mind and just like in a mosh pit, just speaking in tongues, flipping out while Brian Houston, um, preached and i say all this to ask the question do you think that speaking in tongues or experiencing some sort of like supposedly authentic experience with god in air quotes is worth 10 percent of your pay maybe it is um well the problem is man it's unruined like you know uh, it's never going to appeal to me because i know how good the earthly pleasures are and I don't want to give them up. And um, I don't have a problem with anything that I do. So, no. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, if it... Let me... This is one of those weird situations that I get into where I think, like, at the end of the day, you're paying for a service. And if it makes you feel good, then sh- I'm sure you could justify 10% of your income. 10% of your income for community, uh, sense of well-being, um, moral redemption, and the... Uh, privilege of being able to lord your moral superiority over everyone else i'm sure people would pay 10 percent for that they'd probably pay 20 you know i mean i'm sure a lot of them do yeah um people pay charities uh percentages of their income to feel less guilty you know so undoubtedly people would pay for that mm, um yeah i i guess you're right um i often wonder Although I've never been religious and I've never made 
anything remotely or approaching a serious attempt at embracing religion in my life. Um, I do wonder what it must be like to reach like that pinnacle of spirituality where people do just like have fucking convulsions and shit and experience like what they think is the Holy Spirit. Um, Because like even if it isn't authentic, it must still be pretty dope in the same way that like bath salts is fun. Um, Snorting rails. We're getting drunk on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, All of which are fun activities. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably just like everything else, man, you know, where it's like 90% of it is the fact that you're around other people and the other 10% is whatever you're doing. Um, Hang on. That's not everything else, though. Oh, true. Not everything. Because most of the time, from my experience, everything else that would approach being as good as like some sort of experience with god would be like 10 percent the people that you're around and 90 percent what you've taken okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all right yeah my ratios were off yeah yeah no that's true yeah my, my point being part of it is a community aspect <laughs> yeah yeah okay um, you know but but like people find ecstasy in making model trains you know um, i wish that could be me sh- yeah yeah how dope would that be um, you know, and I'm sure they spend more than 10% of their income on it as well. Um, mm. so I like, don't get me wrong. Like I find a lot of what Hillsong has done to be like hugely repugnant. Um, and I, and I think like selling morality is one of those things that is as disgusting as, you know, is like the fucking bowels of porn. Um, not everyday porn. I mean like that fucking real bad shit that, uh, it's just like. you know it shouldn't be done yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) because because it's just so it's so gross it's so like foul Mm -hmm. to you know it's a it cheapens something that should be left to be intangible and um you know something something that's that you just can't sell Mm. at all and and the moment you do it just opens itself up to like the flaws of humanity you know like otherwise it would be sacred but the moment you try and sell morality you get carl lentz (laughs) <laughs> park selling them that he's a sports agent um i what i find one of the things i find the most weird about hillsong and i mean christianity in general but it seems to be the sort of like uh what's the word like sort of pentecostal or evangelist churches that do this the most is the idea of like uh making a concerted effort to spread the church and like sort of Mm. working as a missionary which like obviously people frame as being like a really productive noble cause and often missionaries will you know go to some remote part of africa and help tribes like um farm food or build wells or teach their children in the schools or whatever and do yeah you know acts that in a in a vacuum are positive but it is fucking dark dude the fact that people will go somewhere under the guise of generosity in order to sort of plant uh, a seed of doubt in their mind that they then water and grow into sort of like Christian faith in new people. Because that sort of uh, mechanism or mindset is the same way like fucking fungus grows, dude. Like it, it's viral, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's mental that an ideology can 
become such an important part of somebody's self that they can reconcile that sort of act to themselves and they can convince themselves that they are doing something compassionate by trying to like uh, almost forcefully steal territory in someone's conscience. Well, it's, it's one of those things where you could say, oh, well, you know, what about Amy? Um, you know, the Greens candidate going out there and doing outreach to people. But to me, the, the, the ultimate difference is, is like, you know, a politician, a, a, ideally a good politician, um, goes out and does outreach to present a solution to a problem that people have. Exactly. Whereas the fucking moral repugnant, repugnant, uh, <laughs> repugnance, the fucking behavior here is that it's going and presenting a problem that didn't even exist and then solving well, it, you know? And it's just so like, um, and, and it, it is like, this is like a fucking, it, so much of it ends up being this like, you know, subjective thing as well, mm -hmm. you know, like, because morality is entirely subjective. There's no sense of like objective morality. It doesn't exist. Um, I, I will defend that till I die. But. No, of course not. Um, in this video by Viceland that I watched uh, in the lead up to this episode, I won't provide the full context for this because it's just like a funny little nugget, but there was this guy who like um, was being interviewed who attends Hillsong churches um, and he made a comparison between killing a baby and two gay guys getting married in terms of like the morality of those two acts. <laughs> just unreal yeah you know yeah 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 it is um it is pretty epic um so hillsong has a longer history of this you know this is one of the things that was fascinating to me is that um obviously they have some pretty hardcore ideals when it comes to uh, morality and everything and um I don't know if Frank was the founder. Do you, are you aware? No, Brian was the founder. Brian was the founder. Yeah. Brian Houston. Yeah. So who's Frank? Frank Houston was his father, who was also a pastor, but um, for other churches. Right, um, okay. So um, they moved to Sydney from New Zealand in like the uh, 70s or 80s. And then Brian, I guess in his adult life, um, founded the church in um, like Northwest Sydney um, in the early nineties. Um, and at that time it wasn't called Hillsong, but then it, a couple of churches amalgamated and it started to grow and then they renamed it and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Right. So the story with Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time. Eh? Yeah. Stops on that one. Um, so do you want to tell the story of Frank or do you want me to take a... Um, I think you seem to have your head around it a little bit more than I do. So I think you should. All right. Okay. I'm going to, I'll do a, do a very botched thing because I'm actually approaching a um, pretty comfortable level of intoxication right now. So anyway. Just like a Hillsong conference. Hey? Just like I... a Hillsong conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm feeling an awful of good energy to go spread to y'all um so my understanding is that this was a story that broke uh i think quite a while ago but the details are pretty shaky like um essentially this guy came out and said 
that Frank had been um, harassing him, but had remained like sexually harassing him. He was a child. So uh, Brian Houston's dad, Frank, was a pedophile um, and had been harassing this guy. And the story was a little unclear, but then around 2018, I think the actual story broke. Um, and so essentially what we found out that happened was that this dude, Brett, um, had been going to like, I guess, Sunday schools or whatever, um, and being abused by like Frank Houston, who was, you know, the leader of what, what I'm seeing here is the Pentecostal denomination. And it was also Brian Houston's dad. And it had gone on for a really long time. And as uh, Brett got older, I think he decided to like, you know, speak up about it and go to the police. And, f or maybe he just approached Frank about it or something like that. But Brian Houston was basically aware of this um, as far back as 1999. And the only thing that Frank tried to do to fucking make amends with this guy after using him as his like masturbatory tool um, was pay him $10,000. $10,000. What a fucking yeah. slap in the face. Yeah. It's just fucking unreal eh? it's it's just one of those things where you just like that's that's nothing man yeah you know like you know, oh buy yourself a nice trip to bali yeah sorry about the diddling yeah sorry yeah. about the the <laughs> continual rape oh. sorry about ruining your fucking life <laughs> you need some fish and chip money yeah this is just like outrageous so brian houston effectively had ignored this since 1999 um spoke up about it and then basically gave some bullshit about like oh you know uh just respecting the the victim's right to silence and everything during that time uh despite the fact that you know brett the victim has now come forward and basically talked about how this has um you know been a horrible event in his life and dramatically changed it mm. um in this article that I read as well, the um, the one on the monthly that I referred to earlier, they actually talk about Brian Houston um, directly addressing this little episode in one of their services as well, um, which is quite interesting because one of the things that they, or Brian at least seems to rely on pretty heavily as a crutch for his sermons or presentations is this idea that like Christendom is under attack and that the rest of the world doesn't want Hillsong worshippers to identify the way that they do or to experience the joy that they're experiencing. And he refers to his sort of failure to acknowledge the acts of his father and then the public response to that failure as yeah. One of the ways that the public has tried to undermine him and to undermine the church. And he uses that as like oh. a story to sort of like galvanize his worshippers, which is fucking disgusting, eh? Man, that is like so psychopathic. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. I got one more example, bro, of this like similarly <laughs> psychopathic behavior. So are you aware that Scott Morrison is a Hillsong church member? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. then you've probably seen or read about him attending the Hillsong conferences and like worshipping like a fucking lunatic. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he talks in tongues, man? Oh, fully. Yeah. Um, 
That's your leader, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> some of the things that he has been quoted as saying in the media, um, and I'm going to have to just like, you know, make something up that is vaguely similar because I don't have them in front of me. But he says things like, you know, um, the nation of Australia is for God. Um, like, sorry, Jesus. what, bro? Like, like you're saying it's, that the country is... Yeah, it's it's nuts. But so there's this really shadowy connection between ScoMo and Brian Houston and other members of like the far right faction of the Liberal Party um, and the church. Like, and because ScoMo and his mates are all from Sydney um, and that's where the church was founded too. And he refers to Brian Houston as his um, his spiritual mentor. So yeah. Brian literally occupies real estate in his head. Like he fucking lives in his mind. And so in 2018, after Scott Morrison had won the election for... Yeah. So first of all, he ousted Malcolm Turnbull in a coup for, for prime, the prime ministerial... Uh, prime ministership. Um, and then had to go straight off the back of that into an election essentially at where he won over Bill Shorten and then started his first full term. So um, following his election victory, he attended a Hillsong conference, which is the biggest event of the year um, that they hold, I'm pretty sure, down in Sydney, um, where there were like 24,000 people. And Brian Houston got ScoMo up on stage in front of tens of thousands of hysterical people. And then he, obviously they had planned this, and Scott Morrison starts a bit of a speech, talks to the crowd, and then as he trails off, Brian Houston grabs a mic and he's like, oh, hey, so I was just wondering, um, what are your thoughts on religious freedom? Like, do we can, um, you don't have to spell out a specific policy or anything right now, but you're going to look after the religious freedom of the church, aren't you? And then puts him on the spot, dude, in front of 24,000 people. And Scott Morrison, who has so much of his identity invested in the community and the church, right then and there had to fucking say, yes, I will guarantee the religious freedom of the church. <laughs> fucking bullshit. What? He's a piece of shit, man. Oh, yeah, he fucking is, he is. man. And he is, man. this video, man, I'll, I'll send you the link and I'll include it in the episode description. Like, Pedophile apologist. Yeah. You know. um, and essentially blackmail artist. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so... At that point, I um, that was sort of the turning point for me in terms of realizing that he was a true mastermind and fucking evil cunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it makes me wonder just to what extent he does control ScoMo. Um, because do you think he has dirt on him, man? Maybe. I think he could. Um, but I think more so, he understands that ScoMo is his son basically you know what i mean like he owns his mind um he has like brian houston is the person who shaped and molded the same system of beliefs and values that scott morrison lives his life by like imagine not having a set of your own values and beliefs and you had to borrow that set from somebody else and then like learning that they had betrayed you yeah you're you're betraying yourself yeah, no, it'd be brutal. And ScoMo seems very impressionable. He seems like one of those guys who's like, 
really gets molded by other people's views you know like if you're all sitting in a circle and you you're like just have a fucking puff gun just one. yeah yeah just do it like he's the guy like, oh yeah oh fuck oh yeah um one, yeah. well malcolm turnbull wrote um uh, an autobiography recently that i i think came out earlier this year and um in one of his sort of um media appearances in promotion for the book he talked publicly about how like gutless and pathetic scott morrison is um and how he's just like an unlikable person who doesn't really have friends um (laughs) and that's a part of the reason i think that he cares so deeply for the church um in that short doco by viceland that i mentioned earlier um the pretty common thread amongst all of the people that they interview there is that like they all either felt like they had no friends, they didn't belong anywhere, or they had some sort of dark trauma. Um, and I think the church, yeah, preys on that. Um, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Interestingly, one of the specific examples of community outreach that they touch on in that doco as well is um, the church going around to like um, underprivileged neighborhoods or like places where there are a lot of public housing and just like delivering Christmas presents to families at Christmas, um, which is, you know, just another example of like a sort of missionary act. But um, like, imagine if you were a, a single mum who had just like sort of kicked crack and you were still smoking like a pack a day, really struggling. And then these like super nice, well-dressed, successful looking people pull up at your house and just come over with hundreds of dollars worth of presents for you and your kids. Like, mm. I wonder, man, if everybody would be weak enough to just sort of like succumb to that and be enveloped by it. Of course. And and, and that's kind of the function of them, right? Like it's a place for people, for anyone to go theoretically. Mm. Um, And and like the old school, like, like there's great churches out there and I will absolutely defend that. Yeah. 100%. Um, You know, like last year I, I got to be around a bunch of great churches and I thought they were wonderful. They're like really open and accepting and everyone was allowed in. Um, and no matter who you were, there was like a, a place, a meal and, you know, warm company to welcome you aboard. But <laughs> there's fucking churches there out there that are predatory and manipulate that to further their own agenda so that motherfuckers like Carl Lenz can go out and, you know, preach one thing and go do a fucking other or protects like you know the pedophile father like Mm -hmm. imagine knowing that your dad was a pedophile and not doing anything about it man like that's one of the things where it's so bad that you have to fucking speak out against surely yeah um it is it's really interesting thinking about obviously brian houston did a monstrous thing by not opposing his father in that situation and it's insane to think that he must have such a such a firm sort of grasp over the people in the church that nobody has challenged his leadership or yeah. spoken to him about that. Um, well, maybe they have, you know, I don't understand the internal politics of the church, but he really does seem to just be this, like, uh, this flawless person who is intouchable and somewhat immortal. Yeah. Yeah, within the eyes of his believers, I'd imagine, mm. you know. Um, the, it must give, provide, like, huge surges of confidence. 
Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they fare in the new world uh, now that, you know, the new brands are kind of like becoming religious in their own right. Um, and I think like pockets of Christianity are becoming much more uh, like a lot stronger, but on the whole, um, I think it's dying to a degree. Like, well, you know, interestingly, Christianity as a whole is decreasing or dying, but um, Pentecostal and evangelical churches overall are growing still, um, and Hillsong particularly. Um, I can't remember the statistics now, but um, I was looking at census data for Australia um, in terms of how many people identify as Christian. And I think in the last census, 11 million Australians identified as Christians down from like 15 million um, in the census before, which was four years, which is a pretty crazy drop off. I guess it just shows you how many old people are dying. Um, But even (laughs) still, I find 11 million um, Christian identifiers in Australia to be really surprising. Mm, That's it is quite a high number. Yeah, right? um, I'm going to do some more maths and figure out what what percentage of the population that is. All right, the math episode. <laughs> Wait, how do I do that? What is it? Well, what's the population of Australia? Twenty five million. <laughs> so, uh, how many Christians are there? Eleven million. So eleven over twenty five times hundred. Huh. Good fucking trick. Um, How much is 44%. That's fucking heaps. Yeah, man. That's, uh, that's fucking heaps. Man. It is a lot, bro. It's, it really took me number. by surprise. Yeah, but as you, a small portion of those would be Hillsong members. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. They only have like yeah. um, a tick over 40,000 Australian members. Um, mm. But something that this really shines light on for me is it suddenly makes a lot of sense um that australia has continual conservative governments with leaders who identify as christian like yeah i think i completely underestimated how many christians are in australia and obviously like not all 44 percent of these people that we are talking about are fanatic church goers or hillsong members or whatever but if you believed in god wholeheartedly Enough that you would say, yes, I believe in God or I'm a Christian on the census. Yeah. Like, it must be pretty difficult for you to vote for someone who doesn't believe in God, right? Mm-hmm. I'd imagine so. I mean, if I truly fundamentally believed in the Bible as the book of law written by God or, you know, sent down to the, um, what are they called? The saints. Apostles? Or whatever. The apostles. I, go, I don't know, man. The prophets. If it is effectively like... The word of God. Mm. Um, I wouldn't want to vote in someone who didn't believe in that. Why would I? If, if mm. I believe that, you know, yeah. if I truly believe that. Why would I want someone who didn't believe that? Yeah, it's yeah. I feel a bit foolish now because even even in the U.S. election, like I know that America is far more Christian than Australia and New Zealand, but I always mm. find it really interesting how there are big media stories that circle around a president publicly declaring their faith or speculation about how they may declare their faith. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, it suddenly makes a lot more sense on the back yeah, of this. Even Trump having to be Christian was the weirdest thing. Yeah, well... Because he's so obviously not, like... So, you know. Trump's personal spiritual advisor, while he... I mean, I'm assuming she still is, but I know at least during his presidency, which we can say is or isn't over, whatever, um, she is... I, I can't remember her name, but she's, like, an evangelical pastor as well. And oh, okay. so Brian Houston invested, or the church invested like $30 million in a Manhattan space um, to open up the new Hillsong there um, because Brian Houston had been rejected to a lunch at the White House that ScoMo tried to bring him to as a plus one. Um, so Brian was like, nah, I don't feel good about being rejected from the White House. I want to go to the White House and see Trump. So just like started the, the New York church. And then as like a celebration of that opening, um, he got reached out to by Trump's uh, spiritual advisor, this other evangelical woman, and invited him um, to like a, a lunch with Trump. Um, so it's weird the way that the like extreme Christians have managed to sort of weirdly brush up against him or like suck him in that's so fucking can you imagine like that motherfucker is that wily man yeah that's so crazy yeah so fucking crazy yeah yeah you know and and like you look at all this shit and i I just can't help back uh to, to think like about you know conspiracy theorists out there like alex jones and stuff talking about you know weird shadow governments and and um you know manipulative figures within uh institutional power pulling the strings of government because i i don't think anyone's going to tell trump what to do but you fucking 100 percent know that like brian houston is potentially pulling the strings of fucking scomo yeah for sure you know? um and attempting to do the same thing to trump i think yeah. Um, it's. I wonder if Biden would be as susceptible as well. I mean, surely he would, because he, he's apparently a Catholic or some shit, right? Or mm. something like something to that degree. Maybe he's not. Maybe, I, I know he's something though. Let's find out. Um, I'll Google it right now. Uh, yes, he is the second Catholic president um, after JFK. What a nightmare! Eh? Mm. What a nightmare! Um, so I found out today that while biden was campaigning to be um senator for the first time um just after he won his campaign his wife and three kids had a car crash that killed his wife and one of their children um and he took the oath to his um position in the hospital so at one point he was deciding whether or not he would still want to go ahead and take the position um, despite having already won the election, just because of like this fucking tragedy that befell him, um, and there's like this media recording of him saying or whatever he said, like in six months, if it comes down to me doing a good job at being a father for these two or being a senator senator for you all, I'm gonna have to quit and make sure that I'm here for my two sons. Um, just yeah, quite intense, man. Um, that is really interesting. Yeah, that's quite a a crazy fact when you think about it you know oh sorry you cut out for a moment there man oh i no well, I, there was i wasn't really saying anything. oh right I was just sort of reflecting on what you said um and wondering how to internalize that 
Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Given the fact that I think that he's a piece of shit and a snake um, and would sell <laughs> anything for more power. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that um, it's a really tragic thing for him and that it was a traumatic experience, but I have no doubt that he banks on it now. Um, and there was something he did a lot of was like talking about the, the pain that families must be feeling because of Trump's supposed inaction um, against the pandemic and whatnot. Um, so, yeah. Um, I can't even remember how we got on to Biden now. Oh, uh, well, his religion. Um, yeah, whether or not that Brian Houston would have mm, an impact. Probably not if he's Catholic. Yeah. So, just the fact that that motherfucker is lurking around the White House is creeping me out. You know? Yeah, yeah. So going back briefly to um, what you were saying about, you know, people pulling the levers of power in institutions and people like Alex Jones's suspicions that, you know, all of these decisions get made in ivory towers and whatnot. Um, yeah. I, Look, we have Alex Jones to, I'm like, to save us. Slowly. Well, yeah, lucky we have him. Honestly, I think we more people need to be appreciative of alex jones um and i actually have an outstanding image of alex jones at um an election rally that i'm gonna share on instagram i just realized um so check that out i really want those charges and that um behind the bastards thing to be not real because like i really want to like alex jones eh? and and i just can't get behind battery but like you know yeah um yeah that's a shame Anyway. Well, I think he's a he's a troubled dude, man. I think he's got a lot going on. Um, you could even tell, I reckon, in the last Joe Rogan podcast, the way that he was he was acting up, trying to show off and impress them. I think he felt really insecure and out of place. And well, Rogan bringing up at the end of it that he was like on Adderall. Yeah, you know, yeah. And he had like an Adderall day. That was so fucking explained so much. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, fuck, I get it now. Yeah. You know. And um, the way he was talking about, like, going through, like, repeated attempts to cut down his drinking and shit as well. And it's like, well, yeah, like, he's... I knew he was an alcoholic, but I I didn't realize that he was maybe struggling with it that much. Yeah. Um, Poor guy. mm. So over the last couple of days, just by a coincidence, I feel as though I've been developing this weird sort of image of a bunch of rich old white guys in sydney who have been like in the same circles for a really long time and who do make a lot of these deals so like on um the abc's uh sort of like current affairs show q a where they have live guests on to debate the topic of the day or whatever um the former pm malcolm turnbull recently um grilled this guy whose name slips my tongue, but he's the editor at large of the Australian. So like the largest Murdoch newspaper here. Um, Mm. And these two were kind of like dueling over the Australians uh, tendency to promote propaganda regarding uh, climate change and global warming. Um, And it was really interesting because the way that they went at each other, it felt like they had known each other for a really long time. And made me think that like these two fucking old 60 something year old white dudes have just been like circling around in like various high powered jobs in Sydney for decades. Um, 
in the same circles, you've got fucking Brian Houston, you've got other politicians and ScoMo. Um, and it must be a small world there, man. For rich white yeah. dudes in Sydney, it must be a really fucking small world, particularly rich white dudes who need to avoid the media. Can you imagine the the handful of places that they would gather and discuss these things and inevitably just uh, draw together and create these plans? Well, how big is that town, you know? How big is the town of CEOs, influential pastors, big media characters, and, you know, people that really make a fucking decision within our society? I'm not talking about a CEO of some, like, $5 million company. I'm talking about, you know... Yeah, a big, big boy, yeah. Head. 200 people? Five? 500? Yeah. Maybe 1,000? Yeah. Maybe 1,000. Really small. But fucking tiny man mm. you know it's small enough that like if you went to high school you'd know who the slut is and the bully and the fuckwit you know yeah like, yeah like it's fucking small man so um you know it's just it's yeah it's creepy to think about because uh you know i've <laughs> we've all been influenced by one random little fucking voice in our ear um you know talking about something mm. whether it be you know oh you should believe in xyz or this or that or you know it only really takes one conversation and these people aren't like impervious to that no fucking way yeah no way and you know and okay so sorry did, did you want to no 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 you, lunch and a you're good thing? you go i'm but, um, i'm excited for this get the dregs <laughs> mm, yummy kinds of beer all right so i was going to join the freemasons last year right so i got invited along um, who invited you trying to make uh so i knew a guy that was connected to the freemasons mm -hmm. um and i was like oh you know they sound really interesting he's like do you want to go along to a mason meetup and i was like yeah fuck why not um so i went along and i ended up meeting them they put me through the vetting process and stuff and they were like for me to join and i was very seriously considering it because it, it was fucking interesting man like yeah. you know the wellington freemasons have huge access to capital uh it, like they have a fucking endowment fund of like 30 million dollars really where they just kind of like decide where to put it and you know like what charities they're going to give out and everything so they're like you know oh you know people think that the freemasons are on the world but uh, you know we really just do our time on outreach but the reality is man I went there and I sat down with a former spy, uh, with one of the owners of, you know, the, the biggest, one of the biggest hotels in Wellington, as well as a major property developer, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the head of, um, some major accounting firm there and a bunch of other very influential characters. And we had a beer, we had some lunch and people talk about work like they normally do. And, mm. and within those conversations, you find out, oh, you know, we've been thinking about this property over on this side of town. And then so-and-so will be like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We'll actually know the guy that's, you know, uh, that owns that. Let me put you two in touch. Like, and they say that, you know, they made it, tried, tried to make it very clear um, while I was going through the process of joining the Freemasons, but I didn't end up joining, but you know, that they don't run the world. They don't you know, gain from the Freemasonry, but they fucking do. Of course, of course they, they, do. they do. Otherwise it wouldn't exist. Of course they do. Anybody that's been out for a beer and tried to score some fucking weed and then, you know, sat down and then so-and-so like five seats down is like, Oh, I fucking know where to get some. 
knows that deals happen around the table. Yeah, 100%. And, and food, you know. So if you think about the fact that there's, you know, a very small number of people in charge who are always, of course, going to be getting together to chat because that's what you do. Um, of course, fucking things are going to happen that you don't hear about behind the table to further their own interests. That's just the way it is. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really intriguing, man. I didn't know that you um, had dipped your toes in the Freemason water. Yeah, well, it was a really interesting time. Mm. Um, I saw the masonry room and, like, I uh, got wind of, like, you know, some of the ceremonies they do. It's very weird, man. It's a very strange thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it costs money as well. It's, like, 600 bucks. So I was, like, because I'm such a cheap ass, I was, like, nah. Is that, like, a one-off membership? <laughs> Came payment? in, like, on my way to being a mayor. I probably would have run a small town by now. <laughs> you know. is, that, is that, like, a one-off fee or is it, like, an annual due? It's, like, an annual fee, dude. Mm. You have to pay. You know, it was weird as fuck was like the fact that there's so many of them were like nationals uh, voters. Oh, yeah. Like I bet. Within the national party yeah. as well. Um, and, and to anyone that doesn't know, nationals kind of like our um, conservative party, which is a meaningless term if you're a listener in the States because our conservative party is like Bernie Sanders. So, uh, yeah. No, national are pretty like pretty rigidly sort of like socially and economically conservative aren't they i'd say yeah but we're still way to the left of bernie in new zealand to the left like, of bernie yeah man yeah 100 hmm. percent. yeah even even bernie wouldn't touch our left wing no way like you know we already have fucking universal health care and all that other shit yeah yeah we don't have the weed stuff but you know, <laughs> yeah 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 it's pretty up there yeah um yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, see, the, the fact that so many of those guys were uh, nationals and conservative-leaning and stuff sort of, like, makes me wonder even more about what it's like in Australia once you start to sniff those circles. Like, I'd love to, I'd love to speak to any journos who have worked in Sydney, um, covering politics or whatever they must find some sort of interesting uh encounters yeah well to me it's always fascinating that to realize that society's kind of constructed of these like small groups that makes up the larger whole Mm -hmm. you know and it's just these series of like a thousand people who kind of know each other no matter what sort of scene you're in they're all very small and, and down towards, you know, the bottom where uh, we reside. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the connections that you make don't fucking turn the wheel on anything. Um, you know, and the financial gain is, is much less. It's like, Oh, I know a guy who knows a guy that might be able to, you know, <laughs> get you a mediocre paying job or, <laughs> you mm. know, get you a, like some weed or get, get you something, and it's never that impressive, but like in the upper scales, like of course you'd imagine that the um, the fucking no guy who knows a guy, that guy, would be the one with like a much larger bounty. Like knows a guy who knows a guy who's selling a hotel. Knows a guy who knows a guy who's like, you know, Brian Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who can get you forty thousand votes? You know, um, to do whatever you want, or maybe more than that because of the extended reach of Hillsong beyond the 40,000. Mm. That would be much more. Um, that, um, the use of Hillsong as like a political army is something that they um, refer to explicitly in that long form article as well, 
which I thought was pretty mm. crazy. Like, apparently, um, I don't, I don't know if this is a grounded sort of like piece of information or if it's a suggestion on the part of the writer, but um, he suggested that like Hillsong members participate in like branch stacking, um, and also like canvassing polling booths and all that kind of shit. Like heaps of LMP volunteers are Hillsong members. Yeah. Um, which is pretty mental. Um, this whole dive into Hillsong Man is making me want to go to one of their conferences. You probably should. I think I you, should. You really should. I, I would go if I was a, if I had a buddy to go with. Mm. Um, I would fucking definitely be keen to go. Is with. there a Hillsong yeah. Church in Christchurch? Nah, we have like a rise. Right. I don't know. I'm sure there's something in Dunedin. Um, Extinction Rebellion has like shit everywhere here, so maybe I'll try and hook up with them. Ah, true. Go in the whole climate change anarchists, um, which looks pretty fun. They they look fun to drink with. Uh, Well, maybe they have a different vibe in New Zealand, but um, the vibe in Australia is don't drink with them. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, they're pretty cringe, man. What do you mean? <laughs> um, oh, like, so in Brisbane, a lot of people who are involved in progressive causes or progressive groups, like, intersect. So, like, um, if, for example, you're a volunteer and a campaign for a local Greens politician, you're most likely friends with someone who is or you're involved yourself in, like, um, uh, refugee advocacy groups in Brisbane. And people in that group are most likely they rub shoulders or they swap places with people who are climate activists and members of Extinction Rebellion. Um, So, like, because I've sort of, like, dabbled in some, like, progressive groups and causes myself, like, I have been surrounded by these people sort of, like, in uh, an intimate setting is not the right word, but scenarios where, like, they were the only people present, sort of, I guess is mm. what I mean. Like in a, the closest thing you could get to a non-public setting, I, I suppose, without it being intimate. Um, and I think that the majority of them are laughing. Um, I think they're... I don't think any of them are truly capable people. Um, I don't have a lot of a lot of faith in like their principles or like their potential (laughs) um yeah i think the majority of them are probably pretty like morally compromised (laughs) in that like they have really strong moral imperatives towards a few things that seem important to their social groups but then are lacking in (laughs) a lot of other areas um like they'll go to a, a extinction rebellion rally but then like fuck their friends girlfriend or boyfriend Possibly, yeah, or, you know. Um, Any second thought? Yeah. I, I don't, the, sorry, that's kind of like a weird example. <laughs> that's like, to anyone wondering, that's like something that I've witnessed multiple times in those fucking scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like someone will like, cru- not that I like have some weird <laughs> thing about monogamy, <laughs> or like I haven't fucking done that myself, but like more on the fact that um, it's just... <laughs> 
so fucking cringe to me that people run around like you know it, it's the same thing as like carl lentz it's the same fucking shit yeah it is right out of the sense of moral superiority and then in reality is such a shithead yeah you know like they'll go run around fucking screaming about climate change and then happily purchase everything from the fucking apple store you know yeah fully um so yeah i mean <laughs> If the uh, Extinction Rebellion crew in Dunedin are different to the crew here, then, you know, by all means, go and hang. But oh, no, it wouldn't be my recommendation. Myself, eh? <laughs> What's that? I've just, like, totally dissuaded myself. Yeah. Eh? Like, I'm like, um, that shit. And obviously, though, I should say that my, like, instinct or vibe towards Extinction Rebellion isn't obviously, like, um, authoritative. I'm sure that there are some really smart, capable cool people who do that shit but overall man it's a fucking a rabble um yeah well I, I saw there was the climate protest when i was in wellington and that was well coordinated uh didn't block off any well i mean i think it was going to be so fucking big. it was like whatever the greta thunberg one was yeah the school's and, climate and, strike yeah 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 i'm pretty sure that they like organized that the street was going to be closed and and they just kind of like went about their business did the big protest and then everyone went home yeah and then they had the extinction rebellion one in wellington not too long after that it was a fucking shit show man it was the the, the contrast was insane it was like you really felt like there was a message and a movement with the first one yeah and when extinction rebellion came along it was oh so bad it was like bongo drums and fucking acoustic guitars and they blocked off the main road in wellington like right outside of our parliament yeah to like with i fucking couldn't believe it they had a fucking guitar song and they were singing folk songs i was like what the fuck is this this is outrageous yeah you know and they're just sitting there like everybody couldn't get along save the climate today and you just think like oh god please <laughs> just someone just fucking break it up yeah well it's the same vibe as like marijuana activists you know um they just do themselves a disservice by um settling in way too willingly to the stereotypes that other people set for them (laughs) 80 percent of that is a way for dudes with dreadlocks to sleep with young naive girls i fucking bet it is Uh, it's more repugnant than hillsong and everything else it's like so fucking gross you know yeah i um it's one thing to use the church to fuck around and it's another thing to like use climate change (laughs) dreadlocks and try and like sleep with first years you know Uh, jesus fuck um (laughs) yeah that's the first time i've ever heard this um this mechanism described in a conversation like exploiting climate change for your sex sexual advances um, but I mean, it definitely happens for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I've had people, I had one person, <laughs> I said people, I shouldn't act like it's people. One person tell me once that they, um, had sex with like a, a climate change researcher, like just because they're a climate change researcher <laughs> and because that's like sexy. But that was disappointing. And, I mean, it's not sexy. I mean, <laughs> but it, it goes to show, man, like there are dudes who, are in like positions of uh what do you call it like i guess perceived moral strength who can leverage that position to bang people (laughs) like it's super weird 
<laughs> Imagine using that as a way to get lucky. Yeah. Climate change researcher. <laughs> That's so fucking gross, man. It's... <laughs> oh, it's like saying you're a sports agent. It's just the most fucking, like... <laughs> yeah, I'm a used car dealer. <laughs> uh, I wonder, though, if... um. I wonder if there's like a cultural equivalent to, but like on the right. So like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm like a fossil fuel lobbyist. And there's like a one yeah. segment of woman who would just be like, oh my fucking God, get in my bed. Like I love fossil oh. fuels. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, man. Probably like the whole fucking investment banking thing. Well, okay. We were told that, um, we were told lawyers as well by the media that you know like oh lawyers are having sex all the time <laughs> watch suits and then you'll see that lawyers have constant action all the time yeah and investment bankers do as well i've met There's a lot of lonely a... lawyers yeah yeah man i've met almost every single person that sold out to um the prestige economy <laughs> they're and, fucking and that sad they thought right that, that was gonna buy them pussy or a fucking dick or whatever they thought it was gonna buy them and then you go to like any fucking young professional meetup um then don't ever go to one <laughs> horrible uh, i i made the mistake of going to one that i actually wrote into an article that will be released at some point when i get my shit together to actually um spell check it but uh it, it, nobody's there is getting laid really and if they are they're having bad sex you're not missing anything you're better off like not doing that and mm. you know which is pursuing... um which is illustrated by the lack of marilyn manson in any of their spotify libraries oh yeah why are you <laughs> is that a dig at me or... no not at all what i'm saying <laughs> okay. is that like like people who can't appreciate marilyn manson probably have shitty sex I was literally listening to Marilyn Manson. No, well, I didn't know that. What I'm saying is, most of the people who are like low-level accountants or like entry-level lawyers or whatever, like, probably don't like Marilyn Manson, and that's why they either have yeah. no sex or when they do have sex, it's basically yeah. meaningless. Um, well, can you really have good sex with someone that opening line is their job title? you know that's like, a really good that... question actually i'm sure there are yeah. like christian bale in american psycho would be a good fuck well you think so but most investment bankers aren't christian bale yeah that's bankers. what like, i mean most investment bankers are like just simps sad overweight and tired yeah they're no really tired i think so they'll be lying on their back yeah like I th not flexing their biceps in the mirror i think like you know? one in 30 dudes in kind of like supposedly high-powered corporate jobs are like psychopaths who would have like insane sexual drive and like wild kinks and shit um yeah and then and they're on adderall yeah like and then you know. 29 of, and it will also just feed you unlimited coke if you're willing to play their game um yeah and then the rest of them would just be um yeah just boring sad for every people. Jordan Belfort, there's a legion of fucking people that are not Jordan Belfort. But uh, just sad. <laughs> um, for every Brian Houston, there's 29 ScoMos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking so true. And like, <laughs> why even? Oh man, like the whole idea of like professional classes sleeping together is so disgusting it's like a fucking relic from the industrial it's revolution, pretty you know? pretty fucking rough but 
hey man, what are we going to do about it? Um, but you know what we could do is make a Hillsong documentary. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I hit up uh, our, our friend who has an interest in the topic. Um, and then next year, man, international travel is going to open up again between Australia and New Zealand. You can get your ass over here. We'll make a fucking doco. It'll be dope. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool to find someone to try and like sexually infiltrate Hillsong. Sexually just, like... infiltrate Hillsong? <laughs> just to see, like, just to make a documentary of like a. Oh, someone... successfully infiltrate. I thought you said sexually infiltrate. No, I did say sexually Oh, right. Infiltrate. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, just to fucking lure all the Carl Lentz away, you know? Oh, just I get you. Right. Yeah. Is. I mean, now that I'm vocalizing this, I'm realizing how disgusting it's pretty this fucked is. <laughs> No, nah, it'd be good. At first, I was like, "Oh, that'd be funny." And it'd now be I'm good. Like, oh, that'd be really disgusting um, to have someone go on the record being like, "Yeah, I fucked everybody." Yeah, just a, like a piece of human bait. Like, <laughs> do it for our doco. It'll be mad. <laughs> oh, <man>. yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty fucking bad. Um, just so everybody knows, I'm not down with that idea at all. <laughs> ah all right um well that was our episode everybody um yeah thank you for listening as usual if you dig the podcast share it with your homies give it to your mum, whatever share it on your social media or review us subscribe um reach out to us mate at hillsong yeah yeah please um and like i would i would love to get some hillsong perspectives on what we've talked about today um and even um get maybe a pastor on the podcast so uh if you got any mates who are going to be butthurt about it send it to them um and we should hit up carl lentz and see if he wants to redeem himself (laughs) i think he has bigger fish to fry man um like moving tens of thousands of copies of his autobiography that he was promoting through the church um <laughs> all right um follow us on instagram at modern guilt pod hit us up on twitter guilt underscore modern damon just set up this really fucking fun um sort of like what do you call it code program that um uh, yeah, is twitter bot, tweeting yeah. out some pretty interesting quotes from articles so <laughs> it's like Seems pretty like mentally ill at the moment. Oh, it's man. good. Uh, but... Some of the shit that no, it's they're fucking so outstanding. Because I love that some of them could be construed in the most offensive ways. Um, yeah, we got likes by like uh, our fucking one. I thought it was too edgy, yeah, but um, it got <laughs> liked by the some Biden association or some shit. <laughs> um, so they must have like interpreted. It was basically like a Hunter S quote. And hold on, it was the people's cabinet. Joe Biden has the opportunity to create the most diverse presidential cabinet in history. Liked our tweet. The main thing he feared in this life, even worse than queers, Jews, and mutants, was people who might run amok. He called them loose cannons on the deck and wanted them all put to sleep. Um, so they must have thought that we were talking about Trump. but we. Or <laughs> well, maybe they probably just have a bot of their own, man. Oh, yeah, fuck them. Um, yeah, but anyway... Um... <laughs> Email us, modernguiltpod at gmail.com. Um, have a, head over to the website, www.modernguilt.net. Um, Michael Hudson has been working on an excellent series of uh, interviews with artists from across the world called Via the Internet. 
which he's dropping weekly um, and he also has more articles on the way. Um, one looking at um, the arts in Brisbane and maybe one looking at OnlyFans, if I can remember correctly. Uh, anyway, oh, sick. yeah, it'll be a good read. Um, yeah, cool. We'll put links to all of this interesting shit that we're talked about in the description for this episode so you can read up on it and uh, make your own mind up. Um, we're good, aren't we? That's it. Bye. Cool. Peace. Thank you for See listening. You Bye-bye. Thank you.